pilgrimage volume one pointed roofs by dorothy richardson chapter ten section six through eleven this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter ten section six she turned about in bed her head was growing fevered she conjured up a vision of the backs of the books in the bookcase in the dining-room at home iliad and odyssey people going over the sea in boats and someone doing embroidery that little picture of hector and andromache in the corner of a page he in armour she in a trailing dress holding up her baby both silly she wished she had read more carefully she could not remember anything in lecky or darwin that would tell her what to do hudibras the atomic theory ballads and poems d g rossetti king lake's crimea palgrave's arabia crimea the crimea florence nightingale a picture somewhere a refined face with cap and strings she must have smiled motley's rise of rise of motley's rise of the dutch republic motley's rise of the dutch republic and the chronicles of the schoenberg cotta family she held to the memory of these two books something was coming from them to her she handled the shiny brown gold-tooled back of motley's rise and felt the hard graining of the red-bound chronicles there were green trees outside in the moonlight in luther's germany trees and fields and german towns and then holland she breathed more easily her eyes opened serenely tranquil moonlight lay across the room it surprised her like a sudden hand striking her brow it seemed to feel for her heart if she gave way to it her thoughts would go perhaps she ought to watch it and let her thoughts go it passed over her trouble like her mother did when she said don't go so deeply into everything chicky you must learn to take life as it comes ay if i were strong i could show you how to enjoy life delicate little mother running quickly downstairs clearing her throat to sing but mother did not know she had no reasoning power she could not help because she did not know the moonlight was sad and hesitating miriam closed her eyes again luther pinning up that notice on a church door why is luther like a dyspeptic blackbird because the diet of worms did not agree with him and then leaving the notice on the church door and going home to tea coffee some evening meal kete kete happy kete they pinned up that notice on a roman catholic church and all the priests looked at them and behind the priests were torture and dark places luther looking up to god saying you couldn't get away from your sins by paying money standing out in the world in kete making the meal at home luther was fat and german perhaps his face perspired eine feste burg a firm fortress a round tower made of old brown bricks and no windows no need for kete to smile she had been a nun and then making a lamp-lit meal for luther in a wooden german house and rome waiting to kill them darwin had come since then there were people distinguished minds who thought darwin was true no god no creation the struggle for existence fighting 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 everybody groping and fighting Fräulein. some said it was true some not they could not both be right it was probably true only old-fashioned people thought it was not it was true just that monkeys fighting but who began it who made Fräulein? tough leathery monkey section seven then nothing matters just one little short life a few more years shall roll a few more seasons pass there was a better one than that not so organ-grindery swift to its close ebbs out life's little day 
earth's joys grow dim its glories fade away change and decay and all around i see wa 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 winery caterwallery mr brow quoted milton in a sermon and said he was a materialist pater said it was a bold thing to say mr brow was a clear-headed man she couldn't imagine how he stayed in the church she hoped he hated that sickening sickening idiot humbug eve meek with silly long hair divinely smiling adam was like a german english too impudent bombastic creature a sort of man who would call his wife my dear there was a hymn that even pater liked the tune was like a garden in the autumn o oh, strengthen stay upholding all creation whoever doth thyself unmoved abide thyself unmoved abide thyself unmoved abide unmoved abide unmoved abide unmoved abide flights of shining steps shallow and very wide going up and up and growing fainter and fainter and far away at the top a faint old face with great rays shooting out all round it the picture in the large pilgrim's progress god in heaven i belong to apollyon a horror with expressionless eyes darting out little spiky flames if only it would come now instead of waiting until the end she clasped her hands closely one in the other they felt large and strong she stopped her thoughts and stared for a long while at the faint light in the room it's physically impossible someone had said the only hell thinkable is remorse remorse sighing impatiently she turned about and sighed again breathing deeply and rattling and feeling very hungry there will be breakfast even for me if they knew me they would not give me breakfast no one would i should be in a little room and one after another would come and be reproachful and shocked and then they would go away and be happy and forget sarah would come whatever it was sarah would come she read the bible and marked pieces but she would rush in without saying anything with a red face and bang down a plate of melon what did god do about people like sarah perhaps apollyon could be made to come at once sweeping in like a large bat be torn to bits those men at that college said he had come to them they swore one after the other and the devil came in through one of the carved windows and carried one of them away i have my doubts pater's face laughing i have my doubts oof poof she flung off the outer covering and felt the strong movements of her limbs hang 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 damn if there's no god there's no devil and everything goes on Fräulein goes on having her school what does she really think out in the world people don't think they grimace is there anywhere where there are no people be a gypsy there are always people section eight what a perfect morning what a perfect morning miriam kept telling herself trying to see into the garden there was a bowl of irises on the breakfast table it made everything seem strange there had never been flowers on the table before there was also a great dish of pumpernickel besides the usual food Fräulein had enjoined silence the silence made the impression of the irises stay she hoped it might be a new rule she glanced at Fräulein two or three times she was pallid white her face looked thinner than usual and her eyes larger and keener she did not seem to notice anyone miriam wondered whether she were thinking about cancer her face looked as it had done when once or twice she had said ich bin so bange vor krebs she hoped not perhaps it was the problem of evil perhaps she had thought of it when she put the irises on the table she gazed at them half feeling the flummery petals against the palm of her hand Fräulein seemed cancelled there was no need to feel self-conscious she was not thinking of any of them 
miriam found herself looking at high grey stone basins with ornamental stems like wine-glasses and large square fluted pedestals filled with geraniums and calceolarias they had stood in the sunshine at the corners of the lawn in her grandmother's garden she could remember nothing else but the scent of a greenhouse and its steamy panes over her head lemon thyme and scented geranium how lovely it would be to-day at the end of the day fräulein would feel happy then or did elderly people fear cancer all the time it was a great mistake you should leave things to nature you were more likely to have things if you thought about them but fräulein would think and worry alone with herself with her great dark eyes and bony forehead and thin pale cheeks always alone and just cancer coming i shall be like that one day an old teacher and cancer coming it was silly to forget all about it and see granny's calceolarias in the sun all that had to come to an end to forget was like putting off repentance those who did not put it off saw when the great waters came a shining figure coming to them through the flood if they did not they were like the man in a nightcap his mouth hanging open no teeth and skinny hands playing cards on his deathbed section nine after bed-making fräulein settled a mending party at the window end of the schoolroom table she sent no emissary but was waiting herself in the schoolroom when they came down she hovered about putting them into their places and inquiring about the work of each one she arranged miriam and the germans at the saal end of the table for an english lesson mademoiselle was not there fräulein herself took the head of the table once more the enjoined silence the whole table seemed waiting for miriam to begin her lesson the three or four readings they had done during the term alone in the little room had brought them through about a third of the blue-bound volume hoarsely whispering then violently clearing her throat and speaking suddenly in a very loud tone miriam bade them resume the story they read and she corrected them in hoarse whispers no one appeared to be noticing a steady breeze coming through the open door of the summer-house flowed past them and along the table but miriam sat stifling with beating temples she had no thoughts now and again in correcting a simple word she was not sure that she had given the right english rendering behind her distress two impressions went to and fro fräulein and the raccommetage party sitting in judgment and the whole roomful waiting for cancer very gently at the end of half an hour fräulein dismissed the germans to practice herr schraub was coming at eleven miriam supposed she was free until then and went upstairs on the landing she met mademoiselle coming downstairs with mending bossy coming she said feverishly in french are you going to the saal mademoiselle stood contemplating her i've just been giving an english lesson oh mon dieu she proceeded mademoiselle still looked gravely and quietly miriam was passing on mademoiselle turned and said hurriedly in a low voice elsa says you are a fool at lessons oh smiled miriam you think they do not speak of you eh well i tell you they speak of you jimmy says you are as fat as any german she laughed in saying that gertrude too thinks you are a fool oh they say things if i should tell you all the things they say you would not believe i dare say said miriam heavily moving on every one all say things i tell you whispered mademoiselle turning her head as she went on downstairs section ten miriam ran into the empty summer-house tearing open a well-filled envelope there was a long letter from eve a folded half-sheet from mother her heart beat rapidly 
thick straight rain was seething down into the garden come and say good-bye to mademoiselle hendy is she going humph little mademoiselle poor little beast leaving seems like it she's been packing all the morning because of that letter business oh i don't know anyhow there's some story of some friend of frulein's travelling through to besancon to-day and mademoiselle's going with her and we're all to take solemn leave and she's not coming back next term come on mademoiselle radiantly rosy under her large black french hat wearing her stockinette jacket and grey dress was standing at the end of the schoolroom table the girls were all assembled and the door into the hall was open the housekeeper was laughing and shouting and imitating the puffing of a train mademoiselle stood smiling beside her with downcast eyes opposite them was gertrude with thin white face blue lips and hotly blazing eyes fixed on mademoiselle she stood easily with her hands clasped behind her she must have an appalling headache thought miriam mademoiselle began shaking hands i say mademoiselle began jimmy quietly and hurried in her lame french as she took her hand have you got another place a place i mean what are you going to do next term petite next term we kn we want to know about your plans but i remain now with my parents till my marriage petite fancy never telling us exclamations clustered round from all over the room why should i tell we didn't even know you were engaged but of course certainly i marry i know quite well who is to marry me the room was taking leave of mademoiselle almost in silence the english were standing together miriam heard their voices do mademoiselle do mademoiselle one after the other and saw hands and wrists move vigorously up and down the germans were commenting ah she is engaged ah what engaged ah the rascal Horma miriam dreaded her turn mademoiselle was coming near so cheap and common-looking with her hard grey dress and her cheap jacket with the hat hiding her hair and making her look skinny and old she was a more dreadful stranger than she had been at first miriam wished she could stay she could not let anyone go away like this they would not meet again and mademoiselle was going away detesting her and them all going away in disgrace and not minding and going to be married all the time there had been that waiting for her she was smiling now and showing her babyish teeth how could jimmy hold her by the shoulders venez mon enfant venez à l'instant called frulein from the hall mademoiselle made her hard little sound with her throat why doesn't she go thought miriam as mademoiselle ran down the room adieu adieu everybody allah section eleven are all here jimmy answered and frulein came to the table and stood leaning for a moment upon one hand the door opened and the housekeeper shone hard and bright in the doorway wasche angekommen na gut responded frulein quietly the housekeeper disappeared frulein looks like a dead body thought miriam apprehension overtook her there's going to be some silly fuss i shall speak in english because the most that i shall say concerns the english members of this household and its heavy seriousness will be by those who are not english sufficiently understood miriam flushed struggling for self-possession she determined not to listen damn devil she exhorted herself humbugging creature she felt the blood throbbing in her face and her eyes and looked at no one she was conscious that little movements and sounds came from the germans but she heard nothing but frulein's voice which had ceased 
it had been the clear-cut low-breathing tone she used at prayers oh lord bother damnation she reiterated in her discomfiture the words echoing through her mind seemed to cut away of escape that dear child smiled fraulein's voice who has just left us came under this roof nearly a year ago she came a tender girl mademoiselle mademoiselle oh goodness from the house of her pious parents fromme eltern fromme eltern fraulein breathed these words slowly out and a deep sigh came from one of the germans to reside with us she came in the most perfect confidence with the aim to complete her own simple education the pious and simple nurture of a protestant french girl and with the aim also to remove for a period something of the burden lying upon the shoulders of those dear parents in the upbringing of herself and her brothers and sisters and then to leave home and be married how easy how easy honourably honourably she has fulfilled each and every duty laid upon her as instructress in this establishment sufficient to indicate this fulfilment of duty is the fact that she was happy and that she made happy others fraulein's voice dropped to its lowest note and grew fuller in tone would that i could here complete what i have to say of the sojourn of little aline du corois under this roof but that i cannot do that i cannot do it has been the experience of this pure and gentle soul to come under this roof in contact with things not pure fraulein's voice had become breathless and shaking both her hands sought the support of the table this poor child has had unwillingly to suffer the fact of associating with those not pure ach fraulein what you say ejaculated clara in the silence the leaves of the chestnut tree tapped one against the other miriam listened to them there must be a little breeze blowing across the garden why had she not noticed it before were they all hearing it with those not pure here in this my school miriam's heart began to beat angrily she has been forced here in this school to hear talking fraulein's voice thickened of men menner geschichten here menner geschichten fraulein's voice rang out down the table she bent forward so that the light from both the windows behind her fell sharply across her grey-clad shoulders and along the top of her head there was no condemnation miriam felt in those broad grey shoulders they were innocent but the head shining and flat the wide parting the sleekness of the hair falling thinly and flatly away from it angry dreadful skull she writhed away from it she would not look any more she felt her neck was swelling her collar-band fraulein whispered low here in my school here standing round this table are those who talk of men young girls who talk of men while fraulein waited trembling several of the girls began to snuffle and sob is there can there be in the world anything that is more base more vile more impure is there is there miriam wished she knew who was crying she tried to fix her thoughts on a hole in the table cover it could be darned it could be darned you are brought here together each and all of you here together in the time of your youth it is it should be for you the most beautiful occasion can you find anything more terrible than that such occasion where all may work and influence each other for all life in purity and goodness that such occasion should be used impurely like a dawn like a dawn for purity should be the life of a maiden calm and pure and with holy prayer 
miriam repeated these words in her mind trying to dwell on the beauty of fräulein's middle tones and the day shall come i shall wish for all of you that the sanctity of a home shall be within your hands what then shall be the shame what the regret of those who before the coming of that sacred time did think thoughts of men did speak of them shame shame whispered fräulein amidst the sobbing girls with the thoughts of those who have this impure nature i can do nothing for them it is freely to acknowledge this evil in the heart and to pray that the heart may be changed and made clean but a thing i can do and i do i will have no more of this talking in my school i will have no more do you hear all do you hear she struck the table with both fists and brandished them in mid-air eh she sneered i know i know who are the culprits i have always known she gasped it shall cease these talks this vile talk of men do you understand it shall cease i will not have it the school shall be clean from pupil to pupil from room to room every day every hour shameless she screamed shameless ah i know i know you she stood with her arms folded swaying and gave a little laugh you think to deceive me you do not deceive me i know i have known and i shall know this school is mine mine my place i will have it as i will have it that is clear and plain and you all shall help me i shall say no more but i shall know what to do mechanically miriam went downstairs with the rest of the party with the full force of her nerves she resisted the echoes of fräulein's onslaught refusing to think of anything she had said and blotting out her image every time it rose the essential was that she would be dismissed as mademoiselle had been dismissed that was the upshot of it all for her fräulein was a mad silly pious female who would send her away and go on glowering over the bible she would have to go 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 in a sort of disgrace the girls were talking all round her excitedly she despised them for showing that they were disturbed by fräulein's despotic nonsense as they reached the basement she remembered the letter crushed in her hand and sat down on the last step to glance through it end of chapter ten section eleven recording by expatriate in bangor maine